yum yum. String, 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 string. Everybody loves string. String, 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 string. Everybody needs string. Pull up your pants, step on your vest. Everyone agrees string is best. Hello and welcome to the Goodies Pirate Podcast. I'm Dave. I'm Rob. I'm Richard. I'm Tom. And this is episode 55, It Might As Well Be String, which was first broadcast on the 19th of October 1976, once more a Tuesday, this time at 10 past 9pm. What did we think of this episode, Richard? String, 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 <laughs> string. Everybody loves string. I really enjoyed this. I thought it was a really good episode. It's perhaps a bit more sort of clever and satirical really than laugh out loud funny, but I really enjoyed this one. Rob, what did you think? If this isn't top five for me, I don't know what's in my top five. I really love this. Just from start to finish, unified, really, it just hung together really well. I enjoyed it a lot. Tom? And I'll agree there with Rob. That's a great episode. So this is my pick for the season. We should make mention that the very first scene of this episode was one of two moments that helped to inspire this podcast yes it it was in that they did inspire the what you couldn't get away with today segment yes the previous one was a implied rape joke in big bunny yes this is a domestic violence in inverted commas gag anybody want to describe it to us well it's a send-up of a washing powder commercial which starts with bill the washing machine mechanic telling the lady that the reason her washers aren't very good isn't because of her machine, it's her powder. And that she should be using new improved low suds mold. The lady is a little reluctant clearly to change brand and he then, well, basically he then gives her a backhander. Well, he belts her, there's no way to put it. Yes, he gives her a backhander. And then the progresses where he threatens her, knocks her over. Knocks over a table. Yes, has two heavies come in to lift her up and then threatens to belt her with a rolling pin. And... You're laughing, so... (laughs) (laughs) I am laughing, I am laughing. I remember when we were talking about doing the podcast and I I chased uh, up some episodes that I hadn't seen for a long, long time and one of them was String and when I saw this sequence, I completely forgotten it. I mean, the song stays in your head for 40 years, but the visuals... And I laughed my head off when I saw this. I thought it was absolutely hilarious. I had to go back two or three times just to experience it again and again. And I know that might say a lot about me... (laughs) But I mean, it's it, look, it's violence, but it's it's violence within the context of a, a comedy show. And okay. no one was hurt in the making of it. No. Okay, everyone, thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week with 2001 and a bit. <laughs> uh, look, when I saw it as a kid, I do remember probably laughing along with it. And I do remember when we did a couple of video projects for school, not the housewife violence, but the bit where, you know, do whatever, or we send up boys round. I do remember that was quite an amusing concept. Mm. But... I have to say, I hadn't seen this for a long time when the DVD came out. And when I put the DVD on, I was just sort of like, wow, I'd totally forgotten that. Even watching this again during the week for the podcast, knowing what was coming, the moment where Bill does Belter, I let out an audible gasp of just disbelief that he did that. I think the bit that got me was a bit where she's actually just sobbing on the floor and the mm. two guys come in to lift her up and then he turns around with a rolling pin. I think it was just like, oh, It was very dear. convincing. It was. Yeah. I, look, I found it amusing at the time and still do because it is utterly shocking and out of character and it just it's so in your face and over the top. And I think that's that, getting to the point of the whole episode. Of and advertising, yeah. you know, that's shock advertising, mm. basically. Well, I do make the point that you can't 
con them anymore. You have to actually threaten and bully them into buying the products yeah. is one of the first thrusts of the first part of the episode. I, mm. I should make the obligatory point that I really probably shouldn't have to. I don't condone domestic violence, of course, and I don't find it funny in the real-life context. But in the, in the context of this episode... I think it's, it's one of the high points. There is, of course, a second ad that starts the episode. Yes. Uh, which is a takeoff, clearly, of the Bird's Eye Fish Fingers ad. Yes. Captain Fishface has your children. If you Basically. want them back, send 2,000 rats. <laughs> and you better hurry, because you don't know what goes into my results. <laughs> and it's, when you look at that last particular scene in that little sequence where Graham has got his hand not on the shoulder of the child, but on the neck. He's mm. actually gripping the child by yes. the neck. <laughs> waving his knife. <laughs> Menacing. It is very full on. It is a real shock opening. Would have been even then too. Oh, I think so. This does lead us down to the premise of the episode, which is the goodies are now admin. Now, I, I made a note here that this is really the point, particularly in Britain, where ad people start to actually become a part of the culture. We'd always had adverts, people knew that they were made by admin, but now you get the companies like Sartre and Sartre, for example, that would do the Conservatives campaign mm. in 1979. And they were, they were known companies, and they were known people that actually had a profile for being professional ad people. And mm. we started to really get into the culture now. And you can see where the goodies have grabbed this idea from. And almost a bit ahead of their time here, too, because you almost feel like the culture that they're representing, you know, with their shirts and, you know, the, the big business suits and things like that, it's almost an 80s feel, too. It, it is. It's that real power dressing. Yeah. yeah. You know, the high corporatization of the people going through and being dynamic and all those wonderful mm. buzzwords that you get yeah, there. So it's a bit removed from Darren Stevens in Bewitched, isn't it, really? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Like and Tate. <laughs> yeah, and the whole G-G-B-O-T-B-T. Yeah, it's to save time, I'll call you Bog. <laughs> this is a profoundly cynical episode mm. that mm. says advertising is merely there to manipulate people into buying products. And if we can't manipulate them with nice images... We treat them with the respect we think that they deserve and call housewife dumb cows and all that sort of thing. And this is perhaps where it's a fraction dated because, of course, they do the stuff that their core market is D for dumb, and that's basically housewives. Mm. And I think we talked about that, was it Chubby Chumps, where we talked about the idea that the, the housewife is just at home running the house and that sort of stuff is maybe dated now? Yes, because they go through their marketing demographics and they have D for dumb or housewives, C for clever, B for brilliant, and A for admin. <laughs> it could be seen as a, quite a nasty comment, mm. but it absolutely sets up this idea of this class of people who think of themselves literally as superior to everybody else, and they see the housewife particularly as there to be exploited and looked down on. Yeah, plus I suppose you're in a period now, I mean, if you want to go and buy anything, you can go and read any number of online reviews. Back in the 70s, you probably were at the ad man's mercy, far more, I think, than you are now. Yes, and Graham then, at that point, when he's talking about how ads now need to threaten people into buying their products, Tim even references there Graham's catchphrase that nine out of ten doctors agree that if you don't buy this product, you'll be squashed by elephants. <laughs> yes. And Graham says, yes, it took us a long time to find the nine doctors, not to mention the elephants. Yes, yes. and the, the perfume where it says, the scent that lingers, buy some now, will break your fingers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Two ads I was actually going to very quickly pull out there, where Tim's going off of them at the start, is he holds up the sign that says O-L-I-P-D-D. It's obviously meant to be O-L-I-P, as in urinate, mm. D-D, which is double diamond which is a beer brand. And they had a campaign where they would use that abbreviated lettering like RU for a DD. Yeah. Yeah, that was one. And the other one, of course, was the ad with Mrs. Thatcher about are you getting enough, mm. which is are you getting enough is a milk ad. 
And when she was Education Secretary, one of the first things she did was cancel the free milk in schools. So that's a bit of a riff on both of those. So there you go. Excellent. One thing about this that I thought did get a little tiresome over time, and even Tim actually makes reference to it, is every time they mention the housewives, they do the whole bless them, bless them, bless them, bless them, and that I thought did get a bit tiresome until the point where even Tim the is actually doing that. Yeah, 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 we get it, yeah. Yeah. Silly old cows. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, and Bill does the final reiteration of the joke, which is, yeah, just stupid old cows. Well, Tim then decides that really the way forward is you have to advertise with a new vital ingredient. Truth. <laughs> which then leads to their next round of ads, yes. which are the Vitamina ad, uh, <laughs> the Nacho Dog Food, <laughs> and Mr. Rudyard's Cakes. Yes, so, almond Regency Slices. Yeah, so the Vitamina is basically about a certain black currant drink that rots your teeth, and he's shown to rot your teeth. Nosho has the dog clearly not wanting to eat the dog food. And yes. kills it when it does. <laughs> it actually goes, it tastes the glass. Yes. And then the one with the slices that basically admits that, you know, the guy making them would never see them. They're making a really great factory and then, you know, there's no personal touch whatsoever. Mr. Rudyard makes exceedingly large amounts of money. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, sales fall to zero. Now, at this point, Tim walks in having decided to give up on all commercial products. He has abandoned the consumer society. At first, Bill thinks that he's just dressing as Rod Stewart. Or oh, the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> I do like the bit where Graham and Bill are now surrounding Tim and assessing him, and they just fall very quickly into that advertising language and tone. Yeah. Like, Graham is doing that, oh no, problem hair. Yes. <laughs> well, you have a problem that even your close friends won't tell you about. But here's a hint. <laughs> I do like the part there when Tim's going around giving up all of this and standing so close to Bill's. I've given up. Mouthwash. <laughs> Bill's trying not to laugh. You know? Yes, I've given up everything. Fancy clothes, shampoo, toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> they then decide that what's a product that they can sell truthfully yes. and with integrity. Yes. Bread is... Nice. <laughs> no, too racy. Uh, we had a whole segment there about Tim finding water far too sexy. Yeah, that didn't really work for me. I thought the first bit was funny, but I thought by the third iteration of that, I was sort of getting really? a bit sick. Uh, when he keeps coming back to it, I must admit, I was getting a bit sick of that. One thing I did notice is Bill is really having a very hard time when he starts doing the Judy Wobble on a plate. Bill, Bill is trying very hard not to corpse. <laughs> but the product they settle on is... String. 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 Yes. We'll then see the first of the new string ads, which is the Casanova ad. Which uh, refreshes the parts that Bear has reached. Yes. <laughs> and then, of course, the other one has what is essentially a topless lady running along the beach. Which I think it references back to Tim going off at mention of water. Yes, I think so. And then, of course, while Tim sits there, you know, as the successful man, mm. at the end of the day... A man likes to unwind with a piece of string. <laughs> that particular scene where you've got the woman with the see-through top, it, you know, in your head, because we watched it at 6 or 5.30 in the evening, you think, well, the goodies is a kid's show. But that's definitely for adults. I, I suspect that was probably cut here. I don't think it was. Really? Certainly would have been, uh, been a bit racy for 6 o'clock. Probably would have been, but she is clothed. Just... It then cuts back to the goodies office where Tim is talking to two dummies dressed as Bill and Graham. <laughs> yes. That's actually a very good sequence. 
A million housewives every day pick up a piece of string and say, God bless Timbrook Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> Although there is a joke there where he's singing his own praises and he goes and turns on the television they show the opening to Hello Cheeky. That's right, which was Tim's show that he made with uh, John Junkin and uh, Barry, Barry Cryer. Barry Cryer. It was a radio show they'd done that had been very successful as a radio show. They moved it to TV and it didn't work on TV at all. That sequence there up to the, up to the point where he's sort of waxing lyrical about his own genius and he claims to be the golden quiffed angel of deliverance. <laughs> <laughs> and it just, it just builds and builds and builds and then the Hello Chicky comes on. And... Which sort of brings him back down to earth with a bit of a thud. And then we go into the Tomorrow World sequence where string has now become the most popular product in Britain. Yeah, so Tomorrow's World was very much a staple of British television for many, many years. It ran originally from 1965 to 2003 and it's actually been revived again this year. Raymond Baxter actually presented it from 65 to 77. Right. So he was there right from the start for the first 12 seasons. So he was very much a part of uh, British television moment. And I have to say that whole sequence, I think that's probably my favourite part of the episode. String's much safer for using in electronics because it doesn't work. And then yeah, all, all the stuff about how you know, they're sewing people up with string and then even the studio's made of string and it starts putting their pushing down the cameras and the whole studio collapsing around and that's really well done. That's a really good sequence. And look, good on him for, you know, taking the mickey out of himself because he's wearing the string vest the string underpants. Mm. I'll just say he gets drenched as well. You yes. Know, slicks back his hair and continues. It's probably worth noting as well that uh, Baxter had done a lot of stuff beforehand and he'd done a lot of stuff with the BBC including, I can't remember if it was George VI's funeral or Elizabeth's wedding but there was one of them where famously he was actually strapped to the roof of the Abbey so that he could report on it back in the days of you know, very poor television broadcast. So he'd, he'd you know, been a staple of this sort of thing for a long time. Hmm. Then they do their little documentary, of course, about how string is made, which is obviously a bit of a thing on oil refining, unravelling the thousand-year-old carpets to meet Britain's demand for string. Dirty old Arab carpets trodden on by dirty old Arabs. Yes, yeah. with yes. their feet covered in camel wee. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, a mention to the EEC policies there with the string mountain. Yes, the lakes of butter and... Tim finally comes to the realisation that the shadowy figures, the two string magnates seen on television, are actually Graham and Bill, yes. and the two other goodies sitting in the office are just dummies. Yes, Tim, most certainly. <laughs> yes. yes, and sets Tim. out to try and stop them. And that then brings us to the string song. String, 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 everybody loves string. String, 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 everybody needs string. Pull up your pants, step on your vest, everyone agrees string is best. Surely the most memorable of all the goodies tunes. But I did like the silhouette joke. It was very well done where the cardboard cutout goes live and mm. yeah, before the chase sequence. That's the point where the episode goes full surreal, doesn't it? I mean, it's a quite good visual gag. When, when they're mucking around with the string stuff and, and Tim's trying to push them off the screen and whatever, Graham, of course, gets thrown off and lands in a tub of soft margarine, which is, again, another very good fall. Yeah. Because he comes in pretty much full tilt and then goes over into the margarine tub. It's come out of the BBC, which is just this little hut sitting next to the big monolithic studios of ATV. Yes. <laughs> we get our final iteration of the, in this case, beans mean string. <laughs> and with Tim finally getting to rub a plate of beans in his own face. And they get jokes like the paint can that one of them can go in and the other gets drenched in paint. Yeah. Although, interestingly, that you can actually see there the compartment there where the paint's actually been pumped through. Yes. yes. When he opens it. Another note I had here where they do the scene where he chases Bill 
and Bill goes in the room and sprays the aftershave where he's being chased by the lady. That's a send-up of an ad for a fragrance called High Karate. The setup of the ad was that the lady would come in and try to make advances towards this man who was wearing the... Uh... Correct cologne. And that is the actual lady from the ad. There's another riff in there where Bill, he's got them dressed in black and he jumps down with a box of chocolates. Oh, yes. That's a rip-off of the milk tray ad. Which also referenced the $6 million man. I think so, yes. Yeah. Well, it basically, it was like an action dude. He yeah. would actually do stuff, and the ad, I think, would end with him presenting a box of chocolates mm. to somebody after doing some daring deeds. But yes, the filming of the uh, the jump off the, the cliff, whatever it was, was very $6 million man. Yes. Yeah, very much. Mm. Yeah. We're really now close to the end of the episode. After Tim's blown up, we're back on the mould set. Yes. And they stuff him in the washing machine. Comes full circle, yes. Yes, and of course the BBC get to turn on their phone machine. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then it really goes full surreal where the phone machine goes crazy and Graham and Bill are swallowed by it. Graham is actually uh, doing the ad as the phone envelops him. And uh, it breaks through the TV and it breaks through another TV and uh, escapes from ATV. Yes. And then the very last scene is the boys actually watching TV and wiping the the TV screen down. And you see the credits rolling in uh, flipped. Yep. And uh, they're making some commentary there. And the last comment they make is uh, is a dig at Jim Franklin. Yes. Mm. Probably wants an award. He won't get it. (laughs) Click. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, they do the whole, you know, what do you think of that, you know? Surrealism. So what? It's a load of rubbish. Yes. (laughs) So they, I think, certainly know, and interestingly, want to boil the cat or put the lampshade on, that yeah. they know this has been a slightly different type of episode and that perhaps some of their fans won't have got it. But importantly, there is a proper narrative that takes you from one step to the other. Even yeah. though we get a long way away from where we started, mm. there's a very logical narrative that has got us there to the point, as you said, Richard, we're actually back to the start of our set. We've yes. Got the, we've got the same set in the end. We've actually... Yeah, we've it, come it full very, circle. But yes, it is very meta. Hmm before Meta was cool. That's right, before they even had a word for it. So that's the end of the episode. Are there any general points we want to make about it all? Now, I, I think this is a very effective in what it does. It's not my favourite of the season. Uh, COD is still my favourite this season, but it's a very close number two. I enjoy it. I, I don't think it's their funniest work, but it holds together really well. There's a lot of very good jokes, uh, particularly the fake ads. I think the issue for me with this particular season is that a lot of the episodes, aside from High Pressure, which is just a debacle from beginning to end, are middling, and the goodies retreading a lot of ground that they've previously covered. So them doing this in a different vein to what they normally do, and it works, for me, it means that it stands head and shoulders above anything else. I agree with you on that. This is certainly the high point of the season for me. Yeah. Yeah, and what's yeah. important with this episode is that there is one idea that actually does sustain a full 25 to 30 minutes, which we haven't seen in a couple of episodes in the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that brings us to our regular segments. Tropes and firsts. Lots of ads. Lots of ads. We have the ads back again. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> yes. Finally. One last go around. Should be here for that. Yep. Obviously one goodie against the other two. Yes. Yep. Uh, mention of ATV. Actually, just uh, just quickly on the two goodies versus one thing. I'm not sure whether this is perhaps a, a result of Tim now really having very little to do with the writing of the episodes, but I notice invariably now where it's one goodie versus the others, or there's an odd goodie out. It's now Tim taking that role, which I don't think was something we saw in the earlier episodes. Mm. Well, it's Tim versus the other two in high pressure. It's Tim versus the other two here. No, it is Bill versus the other two in uh, Black and White Beauty. Yeah, well, that's true, I suppose. But I, I, I take your point. My memories... See, so Scout Rageous is Tim versus the yeah. other two. My memories of 
watching this years and years ago was that increasingly it was that way mm. Tim versus the other two and, and particularly when it was very rarely Tim versus the other two in the first three or four yes. series so there is a big turnaround it's not, it's not total as you say but it is a big turnaround yes mm. what couldn't they get away with today well, um, well jokes about domestic violence let's just put that out there yeah, yeah. descriptions of the Arabs and it, it's really interesting just from a cultural observation point of view the way that they portray the Middle Eastern people then is very much as oil shakes, business people, very financially driven in a way that I don't think we would portray them today because there are other influences around. No, the zeitgeist has changed. Yeah, the zeitgeist has changed, yes. Yeah, so, and look, it may change again, but... I think the bit where you've got them doing the dance while they're unravelling the carpet and then, of course, they talk about being dirty old Arabs. Yeah, yeah I don't think you could do that now. One that actually we didn't touch on it, it was the only cup I believe made here is the line when they do the fake cornflakes ad oh, yes. uh, about Betty Robbins uh, not only being a great mum, but she's a terrific lay. That was cut here. Oh, she had one last one. I don't know that you do probably Tim going obsessive about the woman with the water either. And that, that sort of objectification. I think. I think particularly the second and third iterations where he's talking about organ stops and hat pegs and jelly wobbling on a plate. I really don't think you could do that now. All right, and our favourite gags. Richard? I'm actually going to go for the three truthful ads. Uh, so the Vibina ad, the Nosho dog food, <laughs> and Mr. Rudyard's cakes. Fair enough. I'm going to go for the Captain Fishface ad. <laughs> Captain Fishface <laughs> has your children. That was a good one for me. Go on, Rob. Go for Mold. Go on. Look, I mean, there's so many great lines in this. I mean, I could go with Tim over the top with regards to organ stops and all that sort of thing. But uh, look, for me, it is it is the Mold ad at the start. I, it just struck me right yeah. between the eyes. It was really, really So funny. that's the shock value? It is the shock value. I mean, we, we live today in an age of, uh, you know, political correctness and, and violence against women is verboten, and it, as it should always be. I just found it really funny, shocking and funny and, and well done. It is worth noting that those sort of washing powder adverts are probably the most repeated and meta and troped types of advertising mm. we've had for, for 60 years. Mm. Like, you go right back to the early 50s and there was exactly the same. This powder gets your washing cleaner, gets it white, mm. whiter, in contrast, like, and they're still doing them today. Mm. So to see that completely inverted, I, I get where you're coming from. Yeah, yeah. Tom? A lot of good ones are taken, but I'm just going to go with, it took us a long time to find the doctors and the elephants. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. So I think we've all enjoyed that one. And it's certainly an unusual episode. And we're going to get possibly even weirder next week when we go to 2001 and a bit. So on your way to the far-flung future from 1976, you might take a walk in the Black Forest. You've been listening to the Goodies Pirate Podcast, the Australian podcast that puts the good in goodies. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please do leave us a review on iTunes. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode or your thoughts on upcoming episodes. So please drop us a line by email at pirategoodiespc at gmail.com. Send us a tweet at at pirategoodiespc or find us on Facebook at facebook.com stroke pirategoodiespc. Goodies, goody, goody, yum, yum. String, the product which in a few amazing weeks has not only revolutionized but rejuvenated British industry. It has a thousand uses. As a substitute for conventional electric wiring, it's safer and it's cheaper because...
It doesn't work. 